Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. Good Yomtev. Shutas Kislev, Rosh Hashanah of Chsidis, the day of the Geula of the Balatanya, the Alter Rebbe. Being that this program is Tanya applied, a journey in the life changing Sefer Tanya, I thought appropriate that we should talk about Yutas Kislev, Chaga Geula, the Rosh Hashanah of Chsidis. When we say, the Shona Teva, the Limadach Siddhis, or Bedarkach Siddhis, Tikoseva Vesichosemu. So let's talk about Yutas Kislev, and we will resume learning Tanya inside in the next week's program. First of all, what exactly is this day? On a technical basis, what happened was the year was Tovkuf Nuntes the equivalent of in the in the in the Gregorian calendar we're talking about 1798 at the end of 1798 the Alter Rebbe was arrested he was arrested at the pretense officially was because he was a counter-revolutionary meaning he was a counter working as it was informed upon the enemies of Tsarist Russia, namely Turkey, because Erzisol was then under the Turkish rule, and um, the Altareba was sending Zdokit to Erzisol money to help support the Idin that were there. So this was the official reason he was arrested. It was actually the enemies of the Altareba enemies of Chassidus Yidin, Rahman al-Utzlan, were the ones that informed upon him. They saw him as a threat. But everything that happens, B'chalal in general is Ashgoch pratis, especially Tzadik. So we understand that there was something more going on. That God didn't just not allow just a person to be arrested, a person of that caliber, unless there was something deeper. So the way the Rabbeim, Echsidus, understands it, is that there was a Gzayda in heaven that was challenging the very essence of what the Alter Rebbe was doing, which was spreading Echsidus, Primis Ateira, in unprecedented ways. We know the Alter Rebbe is the founder of Chabad Chassidus. It wasn't just Chassidus, Chabad Chassidus. Bring it into Chabad and Seichel of Chochmah bin Adas. Even the animal soul could understand it. And that was something that wasn't done until then. Primus Atera was always learned, as the Mishnah says, you don't learn the secrets of Tera, only be Yachid. only be And we'll talk about the reason for that shortly. So historically, what was taught was Nigla the Tera. That's why it's called revealed Tera, the revealed part. What you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do, the reasons behind it. Essentially what we learn in the Teda, and the reasons for all the mitzvahs, talking about Shas, Mishnah, Gemara, 
And then what comes after the Amiraim, the Rabbon and Savaroi, Rishenim, Achrenim. Pnimisatera, the inner workings, was something that was kept for a select few. Hashim by Yechoi, his Talmidim, Sefer Azoyar. And the essential reason for it is because the Tera is given to this world in order to bring it down and we should implement it. Essentially, God gave us a blueprint for life, the Tera, and we implement it through Tera mitzvahs. And not everybody needs or is capable of understanding the inner workings, what's happening. Just like when you eat a piece of food, now you don't have to understand the whole process of the digestive system, you do it. So here too. But that doesn't mean there isn't a whole inner dimension. But it was for Yechidah's Gula, for individuals. As time passed, became more known, time of that is, we're told, Mitzvah Legal Time came to reveal this inner wisdom. You say, why? What changed? So two main reasons are given. One is that when there's more darkness, you need more light. As the years of Golas wore down, literally Eden, they were under oppression, difficulties. So there's darkness. To counter that, you need to arouse, you need to awaken deeper resources. So it's just like in a human being, there's a gufa and a neshama. So too, so too in Tere, there's a gufa daraisa and a shmosa daraisa. So you need the neshmosa daraisa to awaken. The second reason given is as we get closer to Mashiach, so we know the din is that on Friday we begin to taste the macholim, the foods of Shabbos. So as we get closer to Mashiach, start tasting the of what it says, Shakenim and Shikas Piru, as Rashi says in Shirashirim, the Gili of Primisater, that will be revealed when Mashiach comes. You think that these two reasons are contradiction? No, they're hobohatayah, they're interdependent. Why? Because right before the dawn is the darkest time. The very darkness is a prelude to the ultimate gili. So we reach deeper to find the deeper gili because of the darkness, and that leads us into the ghoul. Okay. Then came the Balshemtav. The Balshemtav. When will he come? Mashiach will come when the wellsprings will spread outwards. So we're already not talking to Yechidim anymore. We're talking about Chutzah. And the Alter Rebbe came and a whole new level of actually explaining it to Chutzah, explaining it even to the Chutzah within the person that even a Seichel Anushi, human intelligence, and animal soul's intelligence should also be able to understand these deeper dimensions. And again, for the two reasons. One is because it's a deeper darkness. And we need deeper light, deeper resources, like it is in any case. And that's why you have the analogy given that once in the time of the Alter Rebbe, they were uh, discussing the Alter Rebbe, Pinchas Karetz and others, and some felt that we have to be very careful in revealing Primus Atele because it will be abused, it won't be appreciated. And the Alter Rebbe, as a student of the Magid, who was a student of Baal Tov, was advocating, we do have to teach it. But as they were discussing it, suddenly you saw a blatl chsidis, a page from chsidis was it fallen to the floor. 
which the people who were opposed to spreading it, liberally, so to speak, said, you see, that's a sign. Look, it's not appreciated, it's falling to the floor. And the Alter Rebbe then gave the famous marshal of a Ben Melech, king's son, who once fell very ill, deathly ill. And the doctors had given up on him, and they couldn't find any way to save him. The king was frantic because it was his only son, who was heir to the throne. And he called doctors from all over the world. No one could give him hope. It was getting worse. This child was in a coma, in a comatose state, until one doctor some, from some obscure land came and said that the king in his, in his crown, he has a precious stone that is a very rare stone. And, and, and the, whole, the value of this crown was dependent on that stone. But when you crush the stone, the doctor said, you take the powder, you mix it with water, it may save the child's life. The problem was the child was in a coma and his clenched teeth, you barely can get anything in. So the king, without, without hesitation, said, absolutely. To save my child's life, what do I need this crown for? What do I need this malchus for if I don't have a child? So they crushed it on the suffolk, on the doubt that maybe some drops of water will get through his clenched teeth, even though much of it may fall on the floor of the water. The Alter Rebbe said, that's what you do when you save a child. The Jewish people were in a comatose state, and it was going to get worse. What does that mean? That doesn't mean they weren't, it doesn't mean they weren't committed, but they, the, the chayis, the passion for Yiddishkeit, it was becoming more mechanical. It was becoming something more, um, you couldn't say, even more social. There was a certain element of a, even division God forbid, between the different classes, between the scholars and the simple Jews. The neshama was lacking. So the Alter Rebbe said, that's the, the time has come to start revealing that neshama. Now, if you think about it, this is all with going back to the 18th century, the end of the 18th century, and um, the 1700s. Most even then were still in a state of complete observance. But only that, that period would begin the beginning of emancipation of the Jews and assimilation of the Jews. So the Al-Tareb in his foresight, as the Baal before him and the Magid and the Arizal even earlier, foresaw that we would need Magdim Raful Lamaka. You'd need to find a deeper dimension that's always there. So when you're living in a very pure, insulated environment, you pick up Yerushalayim from the very smell of the chicken soup of your grandmother's kitchen, and there are very few alien and outside influences. It's one thing. But once you have to face the real challenges of the Western world and the emancipation, the freedom of the Eden, which was a blessing, but also a challenge, that's when you need to dig deeper. And we can't just rely on nigla alone, but you have to have primis even if the water would drop to the floor, but it's to save the child. But at the same time, you are revealing a deeper dimension. It's not a medicine. It's a deeper dimension of Teda, Premier Sateh. Because we're also coming closer to the goal. So when you think of it that way, you understand that the Alter Rebbe is teaching this Premier Sateh in such a fashion, so all the negative forces in heaven came. No, not so simple. Who says the time is right? Because if you think about it, 
You know, why is there exeter? That Altareb is teaching Taylor. He's spreading chsidus, primis ateir. Why would that be a problem in heaven? <laughs> a problem would be if someone's not spreading Taylor. And he was arrested because of that. To the point that it's a challenge in heaven. Yes, because the stakes are high. To reveal that Taylor, the other side comes and realizes how powerful it is and will do everything to stop it. And when Yutas Kisil comes and Altareb was released from prison, 53 days from the day he was sat in prison, it was a vindication that the time has come, that Al-Tarebbe's approach was right. That's why we're told the story, that Al-Tarebbe, when he was in prison, he was visited by his teachers, the Maggid of Mizrich and the Baal Shem Tov. And they told him that you will be freed and you'll be released. So he said, what should I do when I'm freed? Should I continue teaching? So they said, not only should you continue, even more than you were teaching before. Sometimes the example, Shtarsha Yotzalov Irur, a contract that was challenged. Once it's upheld, it's even stronger than the original contract. So indeed, that's what the Alta Rebbe did. So it becomes a Chaga Geula, and Yutas Kislev becomes a uh, Rosh Hashanah of Chassidus. Not just back to the way it was before the arrest, but it's a whole new Shlav, the Rebbe Rashab says, that the Iker, Yifutzim begins with Yutas Kislev. Shoshan of Chassidus. Ze'ayim t'chilis masecha, the Rebbe Rashab calls it, using words from the Rosh Hashanah prayers. So it's a new, new beginning, like Rosh Hashanah. But what exactly is Chassidus? So let's talk about that through some other stories and anecdotes around the Alter Rebbe. As we also was learning Tanya together, no, the Tanya is based on the Rabbeinu statement that the Tate is later it's not distant and I'm not in a far sea, you know, why across across the sea and not distant and not in heaven. But Tate is What is Moshe Rabbeinu saying and what does the Alter Rebbe come to say? The Vayat of Tanya is coming to explain well. Why karav alecha? Echu karav ma'id. And not just karav ma'id. So the key word to remember karav means relevant. You can learn Tatum and you can do mitzvahs, but don't necessarily feel the personal relevance. Is it integrated into your emotional, psychological, spiritual life? It's a thing called mitzvah sanoshim ilamoda. Mechanical Judaism. And you can do it and committed to it by culture by chinuch, education, by upbringing. In chapter 15 in Tanya we learned, it could be rigilus. Hergel nasa tevasheni becomes your second nature. But it's not called avodai, it's not called aved, because it became cultural, it's a routine. Karavelecha means it's relevant to you. You look at it and it's chayenu ve'erich yemenu, your life and your sustenance. Now, Tere was always that way, but do we feel it that way? And Chassidus does that. Because you can learn the Lamates Malachas of Shabbos, the 39 forbidden works that you're not supposed to do on Shabbos, that are prohibited on Shabbos. You can learn the laws of Pesach, the laws of Shavuos, the laws of Hanukkah. And know it in detail. But do you know the spirit of it? Is it personal to you? Or is it something you're doing out of obligation? The more passion, the more is filled with Ava love and reverence, 
When you do something out of love, look at the difference between, let's say, take a marriage. If it's automatic pilot, and people doing things by rote, sometimes you fall back on that. But that's not a relationship, it's a dynamic, filled with vitality, with primus, with chayis. Just to drive the point home, so the Alter Rebbe wrote Tanya, a Tanya that explains Eichu Karabmaid and begins with what, what is a Neshama and talks about the struggles we have from within. Not just how to do a mitzvah or not to do a mitzvah. That's legal detail. But the actual struggles between the divine soul and the animal soul and the different faculties and resources we were given. And indeed, the Tanya has 53 chapters that correspond to the 53 days the Alter Rebbe said in prison. So even though the Tanya was printed before the Chagul of Yutas Kislev, but it was part of that process. So there's an interesting word that the Friedrich Rebbe brings that when the Alter Rebbe started writing Tanya and the manuscripts were getting out there, Chassidim came to the Alter Rebbe said we're learning it, but we don't understand Tanya. Okay. And the Alter Rebbe said, meaning you only have half a thing. For half a thing, you can't grasp something if you only have half of it. The half is Tanya. What's the other half? And the Alter Rebbe said, the other half is Negina, song. An unbelievable word. What does it mean? It doesn't mean the sing song that when you read Tanya you say it with a sing song, it means the hergish of Negin. Negin is kumasalev, it's the quill of the heart. It's not just saying words when we speak. It touches a deeper place. So when you learn Tanya, it has to be emotionally stimulating, like a Negin. So indeed, we know the story that al Rebbe went to Shklov, which is a big city of scholars. They gave al Rebbe the bimet to speak. He gave a fire at Russia. And as much as people were impressed, the Alter Rebbe felt something was still not there. So the Alter Rebbe started singing a nigan. He said one of the tunes that he sang, the Rebbe Chazar over with the nigan, Chai, and Tavshir Chai, Purim Tavshir Chai, Tamaru Kiteva Vaya, Farzuchten Zet, as the Rebishter is good. It says that hundreds of people followed him out. The nigan grabbed them. Because the point is, it's not just an academic study. It says, Kolo Eimer, Enli Elotera. The Gemara says, Zgam Tera Enli. Someone says, I only have Tera. It doesn't really, it doesn't have Tera either. Tera is not just an academic study. It's personal, Korevelecha, relevant. And that's why Nigunim plays such a such a fundamental role in Chesidus. Nigun Chesidus. And Nigun. Chesidus Fabrengen. So you have words of Teir, obviously. Teir is of Chesidus, but the Nigun takes it to a whole other dimension. So what Chesidus really is, is that something new. It's part of Teir that was given to Har Sinai. It's part of Teir that was given at Stakobar Aisa Baramama, the Abish that created the world. Is the Nishmosa Daraisa. The difference only is in generations how much of it was revealed to how many people. But there's always a Nishama working. For example, right now you have a Nishama, but Nishama is less accessible than the body. 
It's easier to tell someone to eat, drink, take care of your body. The soul is more abstract, is more sublime. So Teda too, there's the outer dimension, what you do. And then there's Nishmasa Daraisa. And indeed it saves a person's life because it makes it come alive. So it's not just doing, but also activating all your faculties, your mind, your emotions, as we've been learning in Tanya. So even if a person may not be emotionally completely there, use your mind, contemplate. Appreciate the idea. Even if you don't fully feel the fiery passion, appreciate it. al once said on the Teda, on the Pasuk, Vasidesi leva oven, leva evan. Now, Mashiach comes, God will remove Leva Evan, the heart of stone, the heart of stone, and replace it with the heart of flesh. Ask the Alter Rebbe, why does it say Leva Evan? Why not Moyach Evan? The mind could also be fresh up, like an inanimate stone. And the Alter Rebbe answers, because mayach is in your control. You can contemplate and you can study. So even if you have a mayach, mayach even a so-called, uh, your mind is closed, but you can work on that. Because it's not demanding emotions, which is something a totally beloved. It's not always easy to access. But you can get your mind to dream, to imagine, to think, to envision something beyond yourself. That's where the mind's power is. The Alter Rebbe uses that power, Chabad, that what? That the mind takes you to another place. You can envision something that you yourself are not experiencing. That's what's so powerful about the mind. An emotional creature, an animal, for example, can only envision things that it needs, its survival. It cannot abstract, cannot imagine a world, a better world. Human beings can, can do that. That's the mile of real seich. So the Alter Rebbe is saying that you have control, that you don't need the Eberster to do that. So today the work is to remove the mind of stone and open your mind and study and learn and envision, even if you're not there completely. The Osudlav, the Eberster, will remove the heart of stone, the emotions that sometimes are blocked, which is not always in our power to overcome. It's a tremendous word because it tells you, some people call in psychology the concept of a cognitive life raft. Which means if you can't go there emotionally, at least with your mind, imagine it. Because if you can't dream it, you'll never be it. And that's what the mind can do. It can take you to a place that you yourself, your subjective impulses, your subjective emotions are not there yet. But that doesn't mean you can't dream. We can talk about Mashiach even if we're not there yet ourselves. We can talk about what it means to be a Evadalakim. A Evadalakim, a servant of God even if we're not there completely. That's the mind, contemplation. And that in turn gives birth to midas that you begin to reach that place, also emotionally. You see this many times. People understand something, but they emotionally don't have that connection. Or they don't feel it's for me. They just know it's good. The goal is to know it with your mind and then bring it into your heart. Just such a fundamental basis in Tanya. So with that, let's talk a bit more about some of the major contributions of the Alter Rebbe. So we'll, so we'll talk about a few of them. Number one, in Pedic, Yudbeis and Tanya. 
Moyach shalit alalev says the Alter Rebbe that comes natural. Tevetel dosi, self-control. Why is that so vital? Because if a person doesn't have self-control as inherent in them, but their desires and temptations of the animal soul are inherent, so we all know something that's inherent is always going to be more powerful than something that's acquired. Says the Alter Rebbe, it's not acquired. You're born with it. If, you, if we may, it goes mamash counter and preempts the Freudian id. The id saying, it's not in your control. Everybody's born with their pleasure principle. About me, me, me. And then you have an ego, a superego to keep it at bay. Says the Alter Rebbe, 100 years before Freud. It's not the id, it's the id. The pintle yud that they dig deeper. Yes, there's a selfish side. The animal soul is part of who we are. But there's something deeper. The pintle yid. The Ave Mesuteris, the hidden love, the power of the divine within your soul, and the power of Moyach Shalatalev, which comes from a gift to us. A part of who we are, natural being, is the ability to self-control, of self-control. So that's one of the Chidushim of the Alter Rebbe. Another one is later in Ageres HaKedus, Simachov, which the Alter Rebbe wrote not long before his passing, is the Yesha Nivra, this physical world where we feel that we're self-contained as if nothing created us. That that is, even though it could be the root of all problems, but that very feeling comes from Atmos, a core reality that is beyond cause. Since Atmos, nothing precedes it. It's Mitsiyuse Matsmuse. It's an existence that comes from its, within itself. That is the only one that has the power to create a yesh that should also feel that way. It's a tremendous chiddush. Because usually the yesh, we say, we work on fighting that. You shouldn't think you're self-made. That's the root of all selfishness, the root of all problems. Says the Alter Rebbe, yes, it may be. But there's a part of it that's atzmizdik. The part that you feel that way is because it's coming from atzmiz. So our job is to appreciate and understand that it comes from atzmiz. So it gives a whole new take on yeshes. Usually we think of, as I said, the arrogance. A yesh is something to be eliminated, which is true. But there's a part of our sense of feeling self, our sense that we are self-created, that is really a godly element. And we have to come to recognize it comes from God, and that alone teaches us, as Chassidus in a number of places explains about what Atzmus is like, not just Oyer. Oyer is saying 24-7, I come from a source. All in of air is bottle and dovuk, and it's completely me'ena moed. All it is is an expression of its source. It's a light of the luminary. But a yesh does not indicate on its source. So it tells us about atzmos that air cannot tell us. But yet another chiddush, among many, many. I'm just choosing a few. So when you think about it, Al-Tareb created a revolution. A revolution of how to look at life. And how to look at the world through the eyes of Primus Ater, of Chassidus, that helps us appreciate our connection with God, not just on a behavioral level, but also on an emotional level and on a cognitive level. Hence Chabad. And Yutas Kisuv is the Rosh Hashanah for Chassidus. The Rosh Hashanah. Chagagagula gives us the ability to free ourselves and free everyone around us 
from the trappings of material existence and connecting to the divine. And with every generation after the Alter Rebbe, all the way to our Rebbe, seven generations, it's only it grew and accumulated. And by now, says the Rebbe, we've already come to a point where we could be mavarer and we can engage with the material world and technology and everything about it and not be concerned, but we can transform it. And indeed, that's the ultimate goal. So the Rebbe, the Rebbe, and the Maimer, Posselegani, Tovshin Yudalov said, with the Terashvi, the seventh generation from whom? From the Alta Rebbe. He began the process like Echod Avram. And we are the seventh generation, like Moshe, the seventh from Avram, that builds Vishachanti Besechon, that we can actually actualize and solidify and concretize the purpose of existence. So, a good yontif for everyone. Roshana Teva, the Limadach Siddhis, or Bedarki Achsiddhis, Tikasevu, Sikhasemu. May we continue to learn Chsiddhis and infuse it within our lives. And may this all be a merit. Tachenu, Bachesenu, Bnei, Bnei Sisrol, Nez Sisrol. Bevisha should protect them. Layonu, Valayishan, Shemu Yisrol. Protected in everywhere. And schus of that, may we finally merit to the Gulav, march from Chaga Gulav, Yutas Kislev. Into the Gula Hamitis Vashlema. A good Tavoch and a good Nyantav. We're here every Matsoy Shabbos, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to tanyaapply.com for previous programs and more details. This has been My Life Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidasapply.com for archived classes and more resources.